Hey everyone, this is Endabusi, the founding partner of Mustard, and this is Reframed by Mustard. Yes, it was called Pastor Mustard before, as previous listeners would know. Um, why did we change it to Reframe? To reflect exactly what we were doing. So Reframe, in our opinion, is exactly what it says on the tin. Reframe is essentially a content series in which we, an Africa-focused venture agency, are exploring topics with the intent of reframing the current thinking about ventures, initiatives, and brands. The content will be uh, weekly podcasts and also fortnightly articles. But we hope you enjoy them. We hope you really do us a massive favor and share with as many people as you can. And also, we hope you get in touch with us on social or otherwise to tell us what you think. Um, are our frames incorrect? Um, are they interesting? Do they offer new insight? Or are they actually just exactly the same thing as you've seen outside and around the space and culture? Uh, let us know. But we hope you enjoy our topics and we hope you enjoy our podcast. On today's podcast, Andrew and I will be speaking about Adam Neumann, um, in particular about his Flow Venture, which in August 2022 uh, received funding, surprisingly, from Andreas and Horowitz. We're going to be speaking about storytellers and the power that they have to convince, to persuade and otherwise, and that might be for funding, that might be for various other things. It won't just be about Adam Neumann, we'll speak about Steve Jobs, Elizabeth Holmes and some others. And the question is, are they storytelling? Do they believe in what they do? Or are they just blagging? We'll find out. Right, dude. So, um, Adam Neumann. Adam Neumann. So, interestingly, um, a while ago, somebody... Who was it? I was speaking to... Speaking to... Was it a client or something? I don't know if I'd heard it through the grapevines. But anyway, um, I had come across... Um, so basically, here's a TechCrunch article. A16Z says, we back to WeWork. Says, we back. So obviously, this is like a pun. Like, we back to WeWork's Neumann with its biggest check ever. Right? So Very clever. That's why I make the big Exactly. Box. You know, the person who wrote that, wrote that title. I mean, keep him seriously... And basically, A16Z was Andreas and Horowitz. It's one of the uh, definitely not as old as Sequoia, but one of the kind of um, relatively modern, but you know, in Silicon Valley terms, you know, still a storied and and, and veteran investor run by you know Mark Andreessen um, and and Horowitz. Basically, um, so we know Adam Neumann. Adam Neumann basically founded WeWork, right? And I WeWork did not do anything illegal. It's just that. Um, being backed by SoftBank, and and you know I had issues with it in terms of SoftBank raising its massive vision fund, a hundred bill, vi- um, vision fund. They basically backed WeWork from I don't know, probably like a Series B, um, and they tried mm. to back it all the way to an IPO. And basically, as they were writing checks, literally billion dollar checks, they were making up their own valuation. Okay, not that's harsh. It's not make up their own valuation, but essentially they were. Well, to be honest, kind of making up their own valuation. If they're like the so, if they're like the, I don't even think they were the lead investor. I think they were just the sole investor after a certain stage because yeah. nobody else was gonna literally had enough money to follow that valuation. So they kind of rode and set their valuation until they got to capital markets, and they said, "Hey guys, 
you know, we want an exit. <laughs> so we need like 7X. I don't even know what it was 7X because it was it 7X revenues. I don't know what it was 7X, but it was 40, 40 something, 47, 40, 42 bill. And it was, okay, I think the 7X is it was 7X IWG's valuation. And IWG, they're the guys, you know, who run Re Regis. It's a group company that's got Regis and certain things, which are a bit more, they're definitely not the, the, the sexy um uh what would you call it? the sexy kind of co-working space they're more the you know you know the the i to be honest i wouldn't even call them refined i'm i'm probably not taking i'm probably being harsh but they're a co-working space it's literally exactly what it says on the tin i think uh regis yeah they're they're a, a leased office <laughs> the, provider oh but no they do Generally. oh yeah exactly it's not even co-working exactly co-working yeah. is is too cool yeah. a term right it's I like so. it's yeah, like yeah. least office but, they, but they've yeah. been but they've been going for decades yeah, yeah uh before yeah. before the idea of we were the, the so-called novel idea of we were came about. yeah exactly and and they don't call themselves a tech company which we work called themselves a tech company to to get some extra multiple that's weird though because a lot of Regis offices have lots of computers in them so technically yeah. that you could be hey, a tech company based on you know on, on what people are are saying yeah, these days. yeah and if you if you get a if you get a pacemaker you're technically a tech person right in that with that same <laughs> logic right yeah you're a cyborg, you're a cyborg. exactly so so they wrote it all the way and it basically got to their to their s1 which had some some funny things in it which is uh i think supposedly and again all of this please conjecture caveats it's just what we heard it's definitely nothing official and legal supposedly in the s1 some people saw that they he had um, adam neumann the founder had trademarked the word we and was um, basically getting the company to pay him uh, 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 for the right to use the word we, which is interesting. And uh, But amongst other things, they had a valuation that was really too high and they had a massive balance sheet. And um, people just said, look, this is not a tech company. You know, this is m multiples, multiples of your balance sheet. And um, yeah, so essentially they didn't, um, they didn't go to IPO. Um, SoftBank, uh, you know, I think they've put more money in just to save the company. Adam Neumann left. Um, he got he got some 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 pay, um, a severance or otherwise. Four hundred and forty million odd dollars, to be exact. Four hundred and forty million odd dollars. This is not naira. This is this is not even Australian dollars. It's this U.S. dollars. Not Australian dollars either. U.S. This USD. Yeah. USD. USD. Hard currency. USD. Hard currency. Um, yeah, and basically he again. This was not an Elizabeth Holmes. You've literally misguided um, and you know been fraudulent. This is not a fire festival that we talk about a lot on here, which is which was you know actually fraudulent. This is um, basically you know we're not paying for that valuation in the capital in the in the more you know less VC more conservative capital markets. And um, I think maybe some of the staff felt hard done by and otherwise, and essentially he left, right? So he's left. Now, coming back, um, people cannot believe that Andreas and Horowitz has backed his new venture. Oh, the new venture, I forget the name of it. Flow. Flow, there we go. And it's kind of like, it's basically real estate. And it's, it, it's cause WeWork had like a We Live, it's like becoming the We Company. And there was a We Live element where it's like, almost like uh like basically like shared accommodation um and this seems to be in the in a similar vein and they've backed it to is it 350 yeah 350 million which is the largest individual check they've ever written so 
again, he's, I mean, he got very large checks from SoftBank, um, billion dollar checks, and he's got, had 350. Now, here's the question, right? And here's the thing. Um, so Adam Neumann didn't do anything fraudulent, right? Um, there was no financial fraud or others, right? Because he did not get any jail time. There was no, uh, there may have been some, some kind of auditors looking into stuff, but there was no question of anything criminal. Um, there were no charges, to my knowledge. Um, but he left WeWork. There, I mean, there were there were some related party transactions which were dodgy, okay. but they were more from a from a corporate governance standpoint. Exactly right. Dodgy. And again, uh, corporate and governance, which was needed because they were trying to head towards an IPO, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just you know, related party transactions. You, you, you at some point you're ripping off shareholders, right? Yeah. Yeah. True. If you're patenting the first two letters of the company and yeah. then the company's leasing it from you or they're leasing property from you that you own and no one knows about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so, but but yeah, let's let's call it adventured on unethical, but you're right. Yeah. He was not charged with any fraud or crime or exactly. Like that. So so here's the question, right? Why is there outrage, right? So because another article from TechCrunch, tech industry reacts to Adam Neumann's A16Z back to return to real estate. And I mean, there's several several quotes we can we, we can put in there but why is there outrage if he didn't do anything fraudulent and he's been backed by um uh, we work so, so here's a quote by the way a woman called kate brodock or brodock ceo of switch and general partner of the w fund um called the deal quote disgusting right um so like like why is there outrage There's outrage because people, I think there's still a misunderstanding about what venture capital is that's, that's true. and how it works and why venture capital investors invest in certain companies and not others. Mm. And I think this is part of the part of the problem of this is that VC and startup has become synonymous with how you do business. Now, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to start a company, VC startup to the moon rocket ship. That's the only thing people think of. And that's not most businesses. Most companies, the overwhelming majority of companies have nothing to do with VC, should never touch VC, should never consider VC. Yeah. Often they shouldn't actually consider investment of any kind. Mm -hmm. They should bootstrap, get organic growth, get a small business loan, maybe get a little bit of money together from people and grow a really good business over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And so, but because VC and startup have dominated the headlines so much, if there's something that looks strange in VC, it takes on all of the, all the societal debates mm. around access to funding, access to capital, who gets funded, who doesn't get funded, et cetera. And so that's one aspect. Also, Silicon Valley has lots of issues with it, right? These VCs, are backing people that they feel confident with. And there's a lot of blind spots with these VCs, in my view. Mm. So that's true, right? Statistically speaking, you can see who gets funded, who doesn't get funded. Um, and also they claim, they, a lot of these VCs seem to claim to be, um, they, they created the rod for their own back, I think, some of these guys. Because if you look at this into the podcasts about what they what is a good founder, what's good practice in terms of founders, who do we like to invest in? A lot of that is 
you know, they, they, they talk about sensible founders who are risk takers, who are brave and bold, that can grow something big. Mm. And at least on the surface level, it seems like Adam Neumann or Newman, you know, just threw a lot of that out of the window. Mm. He did really well in the beginning, good idea or good take on an old idea, mm. brilliant marketing strategy, really excellent marketer in general and sort of hype man managed to raise a lot of money, managed to essentially change the way that um, working spaces operate and actually change the way that work leases operate, commercial leases operate mm. across large parts of the world. That's no small, that's no mean feat, right? That's whatever you say about the guy that is um, impressive and very difficult to do. Mm. Also, it's not like the company went from $47 billion valuation to bankrupt. True. Or, they still exist. To a couple of dollars. It still exists. And I think it's worth now something like 16 or 17, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So it's not, a, it's not a complete failure, but it, the, the, the fallout I think from it was, um, was substantial. A lot of people lost a lot of money investing in it at a certain time. If you look at what's up, what's happened to SoftBank's fund, yeah. that fund is reporting massive massive losses now it's not just because of WeWork it's because they're just really really aggressive so I think WeWork's become this symbol mm. of a dysfunctional startup ecosystem VC model and that's really what people are angry about mm. from A16Z perspective they're a VC fund yeah their whole thing if you look at their website says something like we invest in exceptional founders with brilliant ideas, mm. something like that, right? Um, it says, we don't invest in themes. We invest in special founders with breakthrough ideas, yeah. which means we don't invest, make investments based on a pre-existing thesis about a category that's within their right. Correct. To invest, in, to invest in someone like Newman. I think what's insane though, is having a, a pre IPO value, a pre series, a pre seed valuation of a billion dollars, uh, with, with, with which, mm. and that is more, that is more a signifier i think of where where we are in the cycle of the current economic cycle yeah in terms of startup i think this is still a hangover from this hugely 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 inflated um startup valuation period that we've just gone through and these guys have a lot of dry powder still correct, that they need to correct, deploy correct and so they're saying well you know we've got a lot of dry powder we've probably returned our funds a number of times and so why not we need to deploy this capital somewhere this, this, this is an, uh, a, a go big or go home opportunity. Mm. A lot of people aren't going to touch this guy, but actually, if you look at what he did and we can put structures around him yeah. and guardrails around him, and he's probably matured and learned, actually it makes sense yeah. as a bet. Yeah. Valuation aside, they know much more than I would yeah. about valuation. And, and, and on the valuation, just to note, right? Cause I had, sorry to interrupt there. I had read something that with the money he got out you know from WeWork and WeWork so to speak severance he actually did invest in real estate and he's actually got a sizable portfolio which that valuation is definitely not double digits the size of that of of his actual portfolio that that's behind flow so it it it's i think it's crazy because well i think almost if you look at it in pe or more kind of p you know like private equity terms there is like an underlying asset, which is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think it's to the billion, but it's definitely in the hundreds of millions of dollars. 
and so in that respect it's not like it's not too crazy i think the probably the crazy thing that people are getting annoyed at is they'll probably go well you know like where did you get the money from in the first place and you know like you know to, to build up that that asset base and then oh my gosh it's it's him basically right um you know to, to your point sorry he's also just highly obnoxious so i think people just don't like the person you know what i mean people just don't like the person i think this is a confluence of a lot of things number one i think there's this debate about Silicon Valley and who gets funded. And there's lots of biases and blind spots around that. So people don't like that. And that's understandable. Number two is there's this messianic hero culture in Silicon Valley. I think that people are starting to push back against a little bit with these um, heroic great man founders okay. that seem to attract and suck up so much capital for ideas that actually end up not doing as well to justify the actual risk on occasion, then it seems like certain types of people can fail and fail and fail, and they just get more and more support and other people you get one shot and then it doesn't really work out. Then there's also just the fact that Silicon Valley valuations have just been insane for some time. That's mm -hmm. because of market conditions. And so I think there's a lot of different reasons people are annoyed at this and um, people bring their own sort of issues and baggage or perspectives to to this particular topic. But as far as whether A16Z or A16Z should or should not be investing in someone like this, that's what they do, right? Yeah. So I don't think there's anything particularly egregious about it. But certainly, this is an outlier. Yes, yes, that's it. And, and I think so. So I'll probably like, Maybe push back and play, but there was advocate on certain things there, right? So I think, and let me let me anchor it in this, right? You said for, you said Andreas and Horowitz, they said I'm trying to find that quote, but you said they they don't invest in themes. You said they invest in essentially um, special founders with breakthrough ideas. To be completely honest with you, I don't know. Like, I don't know about the idea. I haven't looked into it too much, but I think. Um, Adam Neumann is a special founder. I think he's a special founder. And I think that if we look at, like, I think, so, so, so I think is this, right? I think going back to what you said, I think people have, um, where I do definitely agree with you is, I think VC tends to say one thing, and then it tends to do do something else. And I think, to be honest, exactly. this goes back to something I said. I mean, it was on a panel, and I've been kind of slightly misrepresented of what I was saying on the panel. But talking about venture capital, venture capital, I think venture capital, if you look at what the founding fathers of venture capital, Don Valentine, um, Arthur Rock, etc., I think these people and their understanding Again, I haven't met these guys, but I feel like if you look at what they do, like the reasons they invested were different and were more and were more akin to the reasons why we see some of these big checks, right? Um, more so than actually the industry as a whole. They, like the, obviously, the industry it's it's been industrialized, it's been commoditized to some degree. You've got a lot of professional people within them working there, and they would say, obviously almost sometimes sound like a private equity firm in terms of why they invest. You know, it needs to make sense in other ways. I think Masayoshi Son, 
um, his vision fund was exactly what it was. It was something for a good, like, you know, I mean, I remember there was a story about how he was going to invest in Uber or Lyft. And he basically was looking for, he basically said to one of them, um, I think it was Uber, if you don't take this, you know, ridiculous amount of money, I'll just go and give it to Lyft, right? And essentially, he always he seem, seemingly, this, you know, the folklore and the stories say, he was always looking for another Jack Ma, which is just a big visionary character. And I don't want to use, you see, we use visionary, and I think we talk about it, and, and, and uh, we almost maybe don't know what that word means. What I mean when I say visionary is somebody who has an idea, right, and who is willing to back his idea, and is very good at communicating his idea and communicating his belief in, in, in his idea in such a way to convince and to inspire people, right? That is, what, that is almost my breakdown of a visionary. Now, <clears throat> what is powerful about a visionary, right? Or, or people who can, who, who can essentially communicate stories. I think we know um, there's a Steve Jobs, and I don't think it's apocryphal. I think it's a real quote where he said, who's the most powerful person in the world? And he's, and everyone said, it's the this, it's the that, etc. And he said, no, it's a storyteller, right? If you are a powerful storyteller, if you are gifted in communication, if you back your ideas and can convince you of your ideas, right? Essentially, at the early stage of VC, that is exactly what you need, right? And Adam Neumann showed through WeWork, right? As you said, it's not dead in the water. The valuation is crazy. I think you probably had a, a convergence of two very big characters who, you know, almost egged each other on and just, you went, to, it, it got to, they went to IPO because um, obviously Vision Fund, you know, needs to make a return, sunk a lot of money there, said, hey, let's go take this to the capital markets and, you know, dump it there. You got to a point where really it hadn't matured enough. Um, as you said, there was um, probably not the checks and balances to kind of go, hey, you know, let's put some ops guys behind this other guys. They went there far too early um, they had some some governance issues, you know, that kind of got exposed on the S1. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, look, we're not going to take this valuation. But Masayoshi San, yes, the loss is there. Like, he went to, he didn't go to mom and pops, right? He went to, what did he, he went to, didn't he go to Saudi Arabia? And he got like, as he said, 44 billion in 44 minutes or something like that. I can't remember, right? These are guys who are talking about the future. They're talking about, as he said, 100 years. I mean, the vision for Vision Fund in itself is just something like there's only a few people who could even sell the vision of the vision fund regardless of what they've done in the past or otherwise right so i kind of push back and i kind of maybe reframe and, and say what do you think like i think that i think there's a time when you go to a bank there's a time when you go to uh, uh maybe even private equity right and, and even then i think you're investing in a management team right there is sort of a certain deals right but if we're talking about a bank if we're talking about capital markets this is when we kind of look at numbers beforehand the honest truth is we're looking at people and at the vc angel and those early stages it is all about your ability to communicate if you can communicate it doesn't matter if you're black white green or otherwise if you are gifted in communication and also there's time in and otherwise you are going to get funded, right? Of course, if you have a network as well, right? But essentially, if you are gifted in communication, right, you will, and of course, tenacity and what have you, you will eventually get funded. And I think I think, what we have to recognize is Neumann is, and I'm not trying to egg up Neumann because I don't know him. 
I don't know whether he's obnoxious or not, to be completely honest. But what I'm saying is there are there are amongst the whole wave of people, and I think what we what we kind of get caught by in Silicon Valley culture, and Silicon Valley culture is getting caught by, is they're almost admiring the technocrat, right? Who can't communicate is almost, you know, I think this the way they portray them is they're so autistic, they can't communicate, but they're just so get like with all due respect, those guys, unless you're literally building a time machine, like in more calculated days, you wouldn't get money. The people who who will get money are the people who, you know, people don't say, okay, I don't understand and he's ahead of his time or otherwise. No, the people who, whatever their idea is, whatever the product is, they're able to communicate that in a in a in a compelling way through stories and otherwise in order to actually move eventually what VCs want you to move and any money man wants you to move the audiences the markets the consumers etc and Adam Neumann you know there's loads of people who are saying annoyed you know who are annoyed at this I think some of those people are going to end up probably using you know when 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 everything dies down probably using his products right because he's a he's a very gifted almost dangerously gifted communicator I, I I disagree with some of the things you said there, or at least I'm thinking about some of the things you said there. So I think that what you've described is the way that it probably used to be in terms of, yeah. you know, like the super gifted storyteller can paint a vision, mm-hmm. a picture of the future, and seems to be able to have a reasonable shot at making it happen because of expertise and team, etc. They get the funding and then they go because their VCs are inspired about the vision and they're lined on values. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how a lot of Silicon Valley works anymore. I, I think agree. Silicon Valley is a lot of. I think in again, I, and I attribute this to the to the to the the excess capital that's been yeah, in, the, in, in, the, yeah. in the in the in the economic market and the lack People of got, visionaries, very, right? By definition, right? Yeah, it's gotten it's with those. There's a correlation there, probably. You know, um, you don't have to be particularly visionary to get funded. Yeah, you haven't had to be for ten years. I agree. If you come from certain networks and communities and social groups predominantly that and by social group okay. i'm talking about you're much more likely to get funded if you based in silicon valley and went to stanford and dropped out yes than you are than if you if you grew up in on the south side of chicago yes or or wisconsin but that's irrespective right? so, would you say that's irrespective of your i mean let's just go to it that's irrespective of your ethnicity right if you've gone to that i don't, that I don't know because i need to look at the statistics okay. anecdotally anecdotally of course you and i would like to believe that's the case right but we would not raise money in silicon valley yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 yeah. I mean, look, because look, the, the honest truth is, I, I, I'm not, I'm not. Look, I, I, I'm not here to talk about, you know, and, and and to speculate. To be honest, with all the respect, on 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 ethnicity and otherwise, do I believe right. that somebody, um, regardless of their of their background, right, if they've gone to Stanford, which is in the center of Silicon Valley, if they've got a computer science degree if they can speak the buzzwords and the lingo is going to come out. And if they have an idea, if they're going to come out and they're more and they're likely to, to raise something. Yes. I mean, I saw it myself in terms of when I left Imperial and, you know, there were for a period of time, I could ride the Imperial mantra of we did this thing at Imperial. I did engineering. Literally, you had financiers. Literally, there was a guy who was standing so close to me, I kept sta- moving back and he kept coming for it. I've also had somebody <laughs> yeah. who said, I will invest in you. And because I was so young and so so green at point, he wanted 12% of everything I ever create, right? So yeah, I completely so agree now, with that. Okay, but now, now you have to ask yourself who gets into Imperial, but this is a separate podcast. 
this is a this separate, is a separate podcast. podcast and there were many yeah. of course there are many different people at, at imperial including myself including whatever but but yeah this is a separate podcast i agree yeah so um but look i i think the the interesting thing about this we work investment or rather not the, the the we work story and then the resurgence of this guy he's become a lightning rod for lots of these type of topics yeah right what is the role of gender and race in getting funded in silicon valley there's the side, two sides of that debate what is the point of vc there's two sides to that debate or multiple sides to that debate mm. um you know is is vc supposed to be sort of responsibly shepherding and making really responsible investment decisions and backing people who have a proven track record that's not particularly essential for vc although that's what a lot of vcs trumpet to your point they'll say one thing yeah and yeah, then yeah. Them will do the other yeah. right but there's confusion yeah. now mm. about what is the point of this particular style of investment mm. and it's generating a lot of debate and controversy and contentiousness um i think that's why it's become such a front page um story mm. right because it's it's a it's it's sort of a it's it's absorbing a lot of societal debate yeah. now around lots of contentious things in terms of whether or not a particular VC fund should invest in him and value him at whatever valuation they did. I think that's within their prerogative and their mandate. Yeah, 100%. The issue is more, why are people, people need to recognize what VC is and what it isn't. Yes. VC is not here to save anybody. Yeah. But notwithstanding a lot of the visionary statements, so-called yeah, visionary yeah, statements yeah, that yeah, VCs yeah. have, those guys have one job. To try to return a fund with a certain hurdle rate, yeah. bet across dozens of companies, hope that two or three of them actually blow up, mm -hmm. and then be done with it, right? And then they'll sometimes retrofit some flowery language on the website about changing the world, etc. But really, they just mean uh, I, I, this yeah, is predominantly, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah. And I like that word retrofit, it. to be honest. Retrofit, that yeah. I love that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that you have to be very open eyed about or more clear eyed about what VC is and what it isn't, mm -hmm. typically speaking. And I'm talking about Silicon Valley style VC, especially. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, just to type, I suppose, to, and there are differences, right? In our, in our continent, we haven't had the, the massive successes of, you know, WeWorks and things of that nature mm -hmm. at this stage. We've only got a few companies that have gone through the VC rounds and gotten listed and had you know, sort of over billion dollar exits mm. or, or, or um, valuations yes. that many companies that are worth over billions of dollars, mm. but they weren't VC or software or, or, or startup. Are you talking about more traditional, quote, quote unquote, traditionally built companies, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Dangote and um, there's stuff that we else. don't even know about that is moving yeah. you know, hundreds of millions, uh, so, you know, exactly. a year or, or, a, or a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't had this, this sort of, um, you know, more one, VC backed startup success to the same extent that they have. So I think that means that VCs on the African continent, for example, they are driven by slightly different dynamics. Certainly they're driven by different economics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, and where they, different, yeah. And where they get their money from is also different to where your typical Silicon Valley firm will get their money from. Mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of LPs that invest in Africa focused VC funds, I need to look at the statistics, but I get the sense that they're doing it for different reasons still. Mm. And I think a lot of that money is still, it's a lot of it is development finance yeah. based yeah. versus the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund, which just wants to return yes. a certain amount of money and then we'll put 
X percentage into A16Z and call it a day, yeah. right? And then just hope that they'll hit something big. Those guys aren't investing in a VC for uh, Africa-focused VC. So that's that means that I think the dynamics around VC and the philosophy around VC in Africa is different to the philosophy and dynamics around VC in Silicon Valley, for for instance, yeah. because they get their money from a different place and the economics is very very different. And so I don't know how relevant this Adam Neumann WeWork story is for African VC at the moment, actually, or African early stage startup and tech users. That's the question I wanted to ask you. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good. So, so, so I think I think when we so I think when we look at when we look at things on a on a larger scale, maybe on a statistical probabilistic scale with people, I think it's not relevant, right? Because you're hundred you're hundred percent correct. Look, if we want the valuations that Africa VC does. It's wildly like it's literally night and day. Like, like um, USVC, what they're willing to put in and the valuation they're willing to, you know, give to a company that is Africa, you know, an, an Afri- you know, an African tech startup that has just left YC, basically makes it, it like it, it really puts a marker on it because either that company is gonna is gonna follow on and invest again, right, or you're dead in the water, right, because or you're going to get a down round, right? Which obviously you don't really want, right? Because it's going to be so high because there's such a, there's only so much capital they're willing to entertain giving away. And that's based on the fact of how big the fund is, right? They're not trying to give away 20K, 50K, or even 100K, right? They, they, they might need to give away quite a bit more, right? Or make some special exemption or something like that, right? So I think when we look at the the numbers we look at the you know uh, um you know p- look at people like look at the groups of it the group dynamics i think is not relevant they're two different cultures two different words when we look at the individual it becomes relevant because adam neumann right so so i, I so this is something i i i say still say right um when somebody is fraudulent or, or you know you know commits a you know commits fraud as a director and they are convicted of it they normally say you can never be a director of a company either depending on how heinous it is either you know indefinitely or for a certain period of time right i say the reason normally why that person right is struck off is and i don't i'm not saying this is in the laws and this is in the thinking of whatever but Essentially, they are doing it, yes, as a punitive measure, but to protect society from that person. Now, what's the protection? That person, if you look at somebody like, I forget his name, the guy who did Fire Festival, right? Who, who was who was co-founder of Jar Rule, right? Um, I'm going to find Fire Festival founder. He is Billy McFarland, right? If Billy, I mean, actually, you saw it in Fire Festival, right? Before, while he was under investigation, Fifers was dead. He was still making money, right? Fraudulently. Now, the thing is, we where where I say, and when I want to focus on Adam Neumann is this. And I'm, again, let me be very clear: Adam Neumann is not a fraud, right? But he is just like Steve Jobs said. I'm also not trying to raise up Steve Jobs. I know there's lots of Steve Jobs fanboys. He is a storyteller. He created what is very close to a cult within WeWork. When you are able to move audiences to that degree, bro, you are valuable. You will get money. And I'm saying, 
I don't think, and I and I like I go back to something you said, which is that model, right, of trying to put money. And I think that's what Masayoshi Son tried to do. He was looking for Jack Mars, right? He was looking for Jack Mars, and he was looking for for for, for big visions. And he would supposedly, anecdotally, or, or, or you know, he would almost turn somebody down if they were thinking too small, right? He was looking for Jack Mars. So the thing is, yes. I think there was a time that, you know, I, I think the founding fathers of VC, obviously in, in Silicon Valley, understood, albeit maybe subconsciously, maybe some of them consciously, the power of stories, right? And the power of a storyteller. And I think when you look at some of the, obviously there's always been some wins and losses, but if you look at the, if you look at the companies from yesteryear, products and otherwise, the people behind them, and again, you might say, just give it some time. But I would say the founders and the people behind them were were to some degree more compelling, right? Not not you know generally speaking, right? Sorry, what is so, so this is a really good point. Now here's what's interesting. I'm not sure if you've seen the we crashed. Oh no, oh, no, Apple, no, no, I haven't seen it yet. I watched it a while ago. I don't. I'm a little hazy on the details, but at what point does storytelling with a little embellishment, <laughs> yeah, become? misleading right mm -hmm. because one of the issues neumann newman had was his storytelling capability was so potent yeah. that it took something from his head and got it to the point of being able to list at a you know with with great fanfare yeah but apparently on listing the pitch deck that they created mm. the prospectus they created mm. for the ipo yeah. was comical the s1 yeah the s1 it was comical because it was still targeted at this sort of general audience that's not the sophisticated. This kind of emotional retail, individual investor, basically, as opposed to institutional it, board governance guys who are going to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Exactly. And apparently, all of the, you know, the sort of advisors around WeWork at the time. We're just thinking this is going to be a complete embarrassment yeah because this guy doesn't know what he's doing anymore he's not fit for to lead a publicly listed entity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's an argument to be made that he's brilliant mm -hmm. to go from zero to one but then zero to one billion yeah, yeah, yeah. and or to take something public have it be public and then have somebody else take over get some grown-ups in the room Okay, he's forty-three years old, so he's an adult. Yeah, but yeah so to speak. Right? Some, <laughs> but get, get some, some more operationally, get some commercially minded, exactly pragmatic guys who can who can take care of the quote unquote boring, but really really important business mm. of running a multi 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 billion dollar multi jurisdictional yeah global real estate company effectively. Mm. And so, I wonder, you know, I guess there's a lesson to be learned in that, which is. This, this, the storytelling is so important, it's critical. And also, I think it has to be dynamic and it has to be able to flex and change according to the company's growth. I think you're absolutely right. His storytelling was brilliant. Mm. And that's what actually got WeWork to the point of listing, mm -hmm. which, is, which is a huge feat. Yeah. They did also some operational stuff, right? They got the right backers, et cetera. But really the storytelling and the cult of personality around him and the cult of WeWork was really, really compelling. Yeah. And then maybe there was a time at which they needed to say, okay, we're going to be a grown-up company now. We're going to be listed. We're going to be under immense scrutiny. 
we're going to be under a lot of regulatory uh, restriction. And maybe now we can keep a lot of the core of our storytelling mm. in terms of what we wanted to do, but cut out a lot of the embellishment, exaggeration, lying that you can get away with before you get listed. That's a dangerous right? lie in there, but I know what you mean. I mean, there were some lies. Okay, I'll some lies. I think <laughs> there was a downright lie. I, I, I think I, I said the way I, the way I look at it, and, and I and I, I keep harking back to. You know, and again, I, I, when I'm looking at it, I, I'm maybe I'm embellishing stuff by kind of going about this yesteryear of of pure VC. I don't know, but the thing is, I look at it and I just go, even if it wasn't exactly like this, which as you know it is, like it was so pragmatic, and the people there were so many people who were so close to the millstone, right? And so, and it, you know, I mean, Arthur Rock went to guys on you know in Manhattan on Wall Street and said hey there's these ideas here like back me and i can turn them into something right and it's like you know oh it's you andrew i am backing who said you can do it okay here is the money andrew go and turn it into a return right there's nothing more like i mean look basically he either tries his best and does it right or he tries his best and doesn't do it and like basically don't go and raise again right like you yeah. know i mean tell me tell me this mitigating circumstance or whatever but basically go and do it right we've given you the cash go and do it so the point is this right um vc is an industry now and there are not people who are um there's a lot of people within it there's a lot of money sloshing around as you said there's a lot of people within it who who are probably not thinking like in the way that original vc um would have thought Right. And I can even say the same thing for, you know, KKR, you know, uh, Kravitz, Roberts, etc. Kohlberg, Kravitz, Roberts or Kravitz, Kohlberg and Roberts in terms of original PE versus maybe some of today's PE. I just know less about it. Right. But my point is, one of the things I say, and this is another thing I said on that panel uh, with that article, which I said didn't really represent today, is an important thing about VC is to complete, or at least in my opinion, to complete the team. Right. Now, um, I think it was either Arthur Rock or Don Valentine, HP. I can't remember, right? Uh, no, not HP. Um, oh, it's going to come to me. It's not HP. It's, I think it was Intel. Oh, it's going to come. Basically, after anyway, a semiconductor company after, after Shockey, some guys who left Shockey, right? And essentially, they're like, look, you guys are scientists, academics, essentially, people who can innovate around a product. You're not sales guys. Here, go and do the thing you can do. I'll go pick up the phone and sell, right? Beats by Dre. We could probably say Beats by Dre could have ended up being, if it wasn't well managed, could end up being the same thing as we were, right? Because let's be honest, we knew about the two co-founders. Can you tell me who the CEO of Beats by Dre is? Can you tell me who the CFO is, who the COO is? Maybe if you went and read it, but optically speaking, it's Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. They could right. not have been running the company. There's no way on God's green earth they were sitting down at the desk, you know, doing. They were probably they must have been involved in their respective elements. They were clearly Jimmy Ivan in particular telling a story, Dr. Dre living and embodying a story. But there was, you know, I don't want to say sensible. There were people who were good, in, who were gifted in commercials and operations behind them to do that. I also say, for example, right, um, what's his name? Uh, Twitter founder, Twitter founder, Jack Dorsey. 
right? And also, I would say yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, right? If they were in a different environment, right? I do not think, like, they, I would say, if they're in the Africa VC industry, or even or maybe if they're in today's industry and they go with the wrong VCs, right? They wouldn't be who they are. Why? Mark Zuckerberg has no business being a CEO of a serious company when he was younger. No business. But what did they do? Here's some cash. Keep doing what you're good at doing. I see a story around that, which one day will be this really cool film, right? Called The Social Network. But let's bring in COOs, CCOs, and other people who've Carol been Sandberg. there and done it to actually lead you. And you know what? When it gets to the right time, let's give you some training, right? Let's give you some training for you to go and talk because you can't just start talking about lines of code anymore. You need to communicate in these other ways, right? Clearly, let's be honest, he's not a gifted communicator, right? Nor is Jack Dorsey a gifted communicator. Adam Neumann can speak them like out of their boots, right? But the difference is Adam Neumann, right? Maybe people got, maybe because people became so spellbound by him or what have you, they did not, they allowed his, 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 essentially his massive character, right? Where, you know, to overwhelm them, right? They maybe saw the money and otherwise, and they did not put in the checks and balances. And maybe he himself, and hopefully maybe this is something he's going to learn from, he himself did not maybe allow the other checks and balances. But you can imagine with someone like Masayoshi son, who clearly overvalues storytellers, right? If you've got something like that back in you, essentially, it's guys, we've got the money, let's go take over the world. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, compliance, compliance, dude, let's go take over the world. Right. Yeah. There's also, there's a difference between storytellers and blaggers, and um, and it's you know that's the issue. A and very sort of fine line. Though, a very fine there's line. There's a fine line. Very fine. There's line. a fine line, right? Yeah. There's a fine line, and so I think it's a very <laughs> fine line, and I think um, you know, a lot of it was powerful storytelling, and then a lot of it was blagging. You know, there was the if you if you follow the all the documentaries and the movies anyway. Yeah, um, but in terms but, of but... Lit literally literally claiming to have figures and numbers and things okay 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 happen. okay here, here, here's a question for you right how much of steve jobs was storytelling how much it was blagging and you need to think about it i, I want you to think about I it think, i think i think that steve jobs a lot of it was storytelling because it was confined to the device and the devices and the products it's, it would have been a bit difficult for him to blag entirely. So, so two things, two because, things. Let me, yeah. let me refine that. One, we have to think of different Steve Jobs, right? Because a Steve Job later on, right, who had been ousted from his company and come back was a different Steve Jobs to a bit earlier. Steve Jobs, True. when he initially founded it with Steve Wozniak, was, a, was potentially an 80%, if not more, blagger. Got it. Right. And my point is the difference between blagging. So, so some, so blagging, if it turns into something is called belief. Blagging, if it turns into something else is called a lie. Right? right. So my point is there's a super thin line, but the thing is it needs to be, look, Steve Wozniak, without Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs is not Steve Jobs and vice versa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there was an understanding because again, it's a product company. It's something that needs to, you know, come to fruition, right? He was talking about we can build X, Y, and Z computer, and he would go back to Steve Wozniak and go, "Okay, I've just sold this for this amount. We need to go and build it." Steve yeah. was like, "Dude, That's I can't true. do it. It's a black." So, it's it's. Yeah. But he. But the thing is, if you look at it and you say he's lying, 
He's not lying. He believes Steve Wozniak can build it. And he believes this, these things, technology might not be there yet, but we're edging closer and it will be there. Right. So again, it's just, we have to that, see the whole is, team. We have to, we have to really yeah. complete the team and we've got to see, there are some people look like a typical engineer, a typical technocrat and a typical operations guy. They have this in common, right? They're slow. Right. If you don't have a storyteller, if you don't have a visionary, they will stay in the confines of what is available, predictable and pragmatic. Right. You need to draw them over. But the thing is, if you draw them too much and you start you start to stretch reality, bro. And then it's like, OK, is this even possible? And and here's this is a really great topic you've got on here, because there are two black turtleneck wearing. <laughs> founders in Silicon Valley that have become very well known. Oh gosh. One of them was rest in peace, a visionary and a storyteller. The other one's been known, found to have been a fraud. Mm. Both of them were consummate blaggers. Mm. Um, and here I'm obviously referring to um, Elizabeth Holmes, to the Theranos founder. Yeah. And, you know, she emulated jobs. Yeah. And I think this idea of going out and saying, here's what we selling something you cannot yet produce. Yeah or I have no evidence to suggest that you can produce and then going back and pushing the product team to try and get it done. Yeah. I think that that's okay if you're pushing smartphones, but if you're pushing medical devices, then, you know, that's where it becomes a little bit more serious, right? Y yes. And Obviously there's the, there's the just healthcare just has so much more checks and balances because it's healthcare. It, it, it ought to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you're right. Maybe, but, um... but 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 on that, you know, I, I mean, going to the Elizabeth Holmes stuff, right? Yes, it was in healthcare, right? And and again, it's just that thing, right? It's like I was having this conversation with Dan the other day, right? Because one of the things that Dan said, to be honest, about myself, right, was, I mean, this is ages ago. He said, "You speak about some of these things as if you are." essentially an authority on it but like when i look at it let's be honest global consumer brands that stem from africa like we haven't done it yet right um so but 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 his issue was i speak about these things as if oh look then it's you know you open your coat and you just pull out like nike or something right yeah and i just said to him look you know <clears throat> The thing is, um, if you don't have, so, so a couple of things, one, right? And, and I'm going to relate this to Elizabeth Holmes, right? And again, I think she clearly made a, a misjudgment, but that happens, right? But I think the, I think, I think the, 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 the negative is she then, again, without those checks and balances, and this is it, right? And this is, again, why I go back and say, the reason why they stop them being directors is is other people, because most people don't read. I'm not saying they're illiterate, function literate. They don't read. Due diligence is somebody I know is is doing it right. So, right. In the sense, it's like we're going to stop them being a director because we need to save you from them. Charles Ponzi would just make. He would have. I mean, if he wasn't stopped, he would just make ten Ponzi schemes until he died. Right, and that would that, that that'll be it. And it's like, no, but he did the other one before. Hold on, but this one's different. Yeah, right. It just feels different. Or you just go to a new town, or what have you. Right. That, like yeah. So, so 
my point is, I said to him, if, if because he he's he's the more cautious, he's slightly more cautious. He's 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 inherently kind of think more like an operator, right? And I'm like, if you go forward with the thing, the vision, the thing that you see, and you go forward with it with um, some calculation, right? Because I said to him, like, I'm speaking for myself. When you say, hey, let's go do this, right? Idea stage investments, etc. Like, are you 100% right? You can't be 100% right about anything, right? But there's a, there's, a, there's a certain threshold and you know there's a belief and there's a and you back yourself and you back your team and you back your ability to bring teams together and you back that if you take you know put one foot in front of the other eventually you'll you'll you'll, you'll get there you'll get to the journey and also hopefully you back yourself enough to be able to assess the situation and 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 learn on the go learn where to stop and maybe where to where not to stop right and hopefully have people around you who might be able to be those kind of sages in your ear so to speak right but if you're going to sell something, right? And if you had people who calculated as they're selling a vision, there will be no such thing as innovation. Right? And 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 there'll be no there'll be nothing, you know, new or nothing, you know, nothing will be moved forward. And it's like, how? Why do you say that? Because the thing is, there's a thing in sales that the person you're selling to, whether that be a team member that you're trying to sell the passion of what you're doing, or whether that be the person you're selling the product or service to, they can smell it. They can smell your hesitation, however small, right? So it's not that somebody goes, you know, you know. There's some people. I mean, there's probably some some gurus out there who say, just keep saying, "I will, I will, I will, I will." You can keep saying, "I will," till the cows come home. The elephant is not there behind you in the room, right? You need, and this is what Elizabeth Holmes did, but again, without the checks and balances and without that level of growth to kind of add some you know, some curvature or some, 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 I don't want to say some limit, almost to learn on the go and to now go, all right, guys, this isn't working or let's pivot into something else so we don't continue to defraud people, right? And I think that's the issue with, 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 with um, Silicon Valley today. I think that you have people who actually, if I level it, like they're not on the same league with these guys who are storytellers and and they themselves some of these guys in the vc industry not wanting to lose face act as if they are on the same league and they get absolutely burnt and they actually drink the kool-aid alongside all the consumers and they let them run wild and they run amok and they come back and they go you know what we just lost a lot of cash right so i think that's a problem with it today but on the same side i go just like Steve Jobs says, the most, one of the most, one of the most powerful people in the room is the storyteller. Because if that person can can convey stories, he can make you, he and she, he or she can make you believe. And if they can make you believe and move to action, you can do, do a lot of things for free for them. And yeah, sometimes they they when they get it right, they change the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Yeah.